the accent color on the shirt goes with the jeans. Nobody's going to know that. I put this together myself. Just we so will know. talk about it. Okay. They say camera ready and you knew. Oh, I was You ready. set the standard. You understood the assignment. We're back. It's Kelly Sutton in Nashville where we have had so much going on over the past week. It's pretty hard to keep up. I have lots of notes. Me too. I'm Amber Anderson, and we're glad you found Country Heat Weekly, the destination for country music fans. Top of my list, Amazon Music has named their new breakthrough artist, and it's one of our people, Breland. This is a stamp of approval from the team at Amazon Music. It's not something they do very often, just when they find a talent that they really believe in. I think Gabby Barrett was the only other country artist named breakthrough artist since this program launched. And Breland is here. So we will talk to him all about it and get to know him better a bit later in the podcast. First, though, can we give a round of applause to Mickey Guyton, who absolutely slayed the national anthem Sunday at the Super Bowl? Okay, when I tell you that that's the only thing I watched for the Super Bowl, I'm not exaggerating. I walked in, sat down. My hands were sweaty. I was a nervous wreck I for was her. nervous too. And she comes out incredible gown. It was this beautiful blue. She looked amazing. And then boom, the music starts. And wow, an amazing rendition from start to finish. The choir came in. It was like... It was insane. It was so good. I was so proud of her. What a talent she is. And gosh, she just did such a great job representing country music. And she just looked stunning. I mean, that whole look from top to bottom, I'm like, yes, I'm going to go buy all of the blue because all of the blue. so good on her. My goodness. And she met Prince Harry later I in saw, the day. I definitely commented on her picture and said, I am jealous. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so kudos to Mickey. We are so happy for her. We're also going to deep dive into the ACM Award nominations. They came out late last week. And in our Family Tree segment, we are talking to a Music Row business manager who works with everyone from Kane Brown to Keith Anderson to CeCe Winans. And, oh, by the way, her son is Chris Young, the most nominated artist at the upcoming ACM Awards. Yeah, he is. <laughs> we have a lot of feelings about the nominations list, so lots to get to there as well. Plus, like always, we'll share some of the hottest tunes on the Country Heat playlist. But first things first, Casey Musgraves <sighs> at Bridgestone Arena. Yes. Can we just discuss? I'm still in my feels. <laughs> your feels. I'm still in my feelings from that show. I'm so glad we got the opportunity to talk to her about it before mm -hmm. I went because I, I kind of was like, okay, I know she said it was going to be visually appealing and it was going to have the intimacy of a theater, but she's in this arena. And, and I mean, she didn't miss. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. The lights, the music, her energy and her mm -hmm. vibe on stage was really a different kind of Casey than we've seen previously. Visually stunning. I mean, visually gosh. stunning. And just in case you missed it, when you are finished listening to this episode, make sure you go back and check out episode 11, where Casey was our special guest and spilled all the tea about her Starcrest Unveiled tour. Yes. She gave us the backstory on our pre-show routine, mm -hmm. the chef who travels with them, the set list. It was just so fun to know all of that before we saw the show. Okay, time now to head into the kitchen to find out what's cooking in country music. 
Nominations for the 57th Academy of Country Music Awards came out just after our last episode dropped. So let's run through a couple of the categories first, and then we'll talk about some surprises. You want to start with Entertainer of the Year? Yeah. Okay, so we've got Eric Church, Luke Combs, Chris Stapleton, Miranda Lambert, and Carrie Underwood. I mean, nothing too crazy here. Now, Carrie hasn't toured in a while, so I thought that was interesting. But when you throw in the Las Vegas residency, so... Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Even more surprising was that she was completely left out of the Female Artist of the Year category. Competition has gotten tough for those five slots. The nominees are Carly Pierce, Gabby Barrett, Ashley McBride, Maren Morris, and Miranda Lambert. I mean, they've all had great years. I would argue that Kelsey Ballerini should be in that category as well. But like you said, there's only five spots. Yeah, that's tough. It is tough. Well, in the male category, Jimmy Allen graduated to the big leagues. Woohoo! He won Best New Male Artist last year, and he is in the Male Artist of the Year competition this year, alongside Thomas Rhett, Chris Stapleton, Luke Combs, and Morgan Wallen. So when Carly Pierce was a guest on this podcast back in episode nine, we asked her what was left on her bucket list after joining the Opry, winning female vocalist at the CMAs. Remember what she said? Album of the year. And she's nominated. No surprise there. Now, I do think a surprise for some people was that Mickey Guyton's Remember Her Name was left out of the Album of the Year category. Yeah, I was shocked by that, too. Yeah. Especially after hosting last year, Mickey didn't get a single nomination this year. But also, we should point out that her record label still hasn't released a single off of that album. So a lot of ACM voters work in country radio. And so the songs that get a lot of spins are usually the ones that are top of mind come voting time. Okay. Well, on my syndicated radio, show. We've been playing Rosé because it's a jam. Thank you very much. (laughs) What else surprised you about these nominations? Florida Georgia Line didn't get a Duo of the Year nomination, but Brooks and Dunn did. Yeah, it kind of seemed like a slap in the face a little bit to FGO. Also, I thought it was very odd that every single song Luke Combs releases goes straight to number one, but he did not get single or song of the year nominations. Well, of course, you know, I want to shout out Walker Hayes. (laughs) Who got five nominations. (laughs) I mean, how surreal. Walker was one of several artists to be nominated in four categories. So the way the ACM works is you can get multiple nominations in a category if you're the artist and the songwriter or producer. So Chris Young is the most nominated artist because he co-produced his album and he got seven nominations in four categories. Right. And Walker... Miranda Lambert and Chris Stapleton all got five nominations apiece in four categories. The ACM Awards will be streamed live from Las Vegas on Monday night, March 7th. It's shown exclusively on Amazon Prime Video, and we're going to be there. Yes, we will. I'm so excited. The show is moving to Allegiant Stadium this year. Kelly, can you tell me which team plays in this stadium? Mm, Let me think about this for a second. Oh, Oh, Las Vegas sports team. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love you. Okay, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Okay. But it is the Las Vegas Raiders. I thought they were in LA. They were in Oakland okay. previously. Mm. They are now in Las Vegas. Do you know what sport that is? Yeah, that's football. Okay. I, I just know that. Sure. I have to make sure. The other big event this week was Lauren Elena getting inducted into the Grand Ole Opry. This happened Saturday night. Were you there, Kelly? I wasn't there. They did the induction a bit differently. They did a virtual press conference over Zoom instead of having all the media out at the Opry House. I watched it, though, on Circle TV, and her dress was stunning. She looked amazing, although those heels she had on... They hurt my feet just looking at them. Yeah. Trisha Yearwood did her induction. And then Trisha brought out her guitar player. 
fellow Opry member, Garth Brooks, who accompanied the ladies on their duet of Walk Away Joe. Casual. So great. It was a big night for Lauren. And of course, she cried and made us laugh because that's what Lauren does. Everyone at the Opry has always made me feel like family. So for me to finally be officially in is the biggest dream come true of all time. Most little girls dream of their weddings. I dreamed of this. So (laughs) hopefully now I can have a wedding too and we'll be set. (laughs) God bless you guys and God bless country music. If you're listening to this episode before Friday, February 18th, make sure to tune into the Opry because Our girl, Kelly, is hosting the entire Friday Night Opry all by herself for the very first time. Oh, I cannot wait. I'm so excited. This is huge for you, friend. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Time now for our Heat Index. This is where we check in on the songs that are heating up Amazon's Country Heat playlist. Dustin Lynch is the cover artist this week. His song, Party Mode, kicks off the playlist. That is also the name of his upcoming tour, which kicks off March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, at the legendary Texas dance hall, Green Hall. He told us on last week's episode that he was in rehearsals for the tour already, and I bet that song kicks off the set each night. I bet it does. There's a new Blake Shelton track on the playlist as well. It's called Fire Up the Night, and it features Hardy, and it is rockin'. Clearly, we have a party theme going on here, and I like it. But just for a twist, let's slow it down for a minute. This is the slow dance portion of the party, and I'm really loving Maddie and Tay's Strangers. Such a gorgeous song. Russell Dickerson's She Likes It is another one I'm really digging. And shout out to friend of the pod, Lily Rose, who is on the playlist with I Don't Smoke. Lily got her first ACM nomination last week. Best new female. I saw the video of her calling her mom and crying. It was so great. (laughs) Congratulations, Lily. Check out all of these tunes and more of the hottest songs from Nashville on the Country Heat playlist exclusively on Amazon Music. going to take a quick break before we talk to Breland. But before we do, it's time to play Who Said That? We read a quote from an artist on the Country Heat playlist and everyone listening at home tries to guess who said that. Listen, there are 100% odds that every Who Said That between now and March 7th will be something Las Vegas related. Just putting it out there. We are a little bit excited about traveling to Vegas for the ACM Awards. And I believe this quote comes from an interview you did a couple years back, Kelly. The artist in question had won big money and you would ask them how they did it. That's right. This person said, quote, I was playing slots. I did the really dumb thing and put it in the machine that made pretty noises and lights and stuff, but I actually won money. Sounds like something I would do. Make your guesses at home, and we'll tell you when we come back. More Country Heat Weekly still to come. Life is full of personal wins, whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list. Winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you 
by bundling home and auto, so give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Gambling advice from the stars. It's time to tell you who said that. I was playing slots. I did the really dumb thing and put it in a machine that made pretty noises and lights and stuff, but I actually won money. Chris Young. (laughs) I remember this. Now, I can't remember how much he had won, but he told me that he put all of his winnings in the bank. That's because his mom raised him right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Chris's mom, Becky, will be here shortly, and she is a business manager to the country stars. So we'll get all the words of wisdom from her in our family tree feature. Right now, we shine the spotlight center stage where we are going to introduce you to a rising star in country music. Breland is a native of New Jersey where he was raised by two ordained ministers. After graduating from Georgetown University in Washington, D.C., he spent time in Atlanta where he taught himself how to studio engineer and continued developing his songwriting. Nashville was calling his name, though. In fact, it was an article in the Nashville scene that brought him to the attention of Dirk Bentley, who collaborated with him in the studio and took Breland out on tour. He has dubbed his unique blend of hip-hop, R&B, gospel, and country music cross-country. And now he's been named Amazon Music's Breakthrough Artist. Breland is here! Welcome! Woo! Yeah! Am I allowed to cheer? I can't cheer. Always. Okay. We were were cheerleaders. Okay. We're never going to say no to a cheer. Were you both? Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. (laughs) We said that in unison. Yes. At some point, you could do a backflip. I've never been able to do it. Well, we can work with you. Yeah. After this, what are you yep. doing? Um, just learning how to flip. That's right. You don't listen. You don't need any more talent because you've already got it up. You got it all covered. If we have him flipping, then he will be unstoppable. Oh yeah, they can't let me get that powerful. That's too much. Too much power. We are so excited to have you here. We've been talking about this for a while. So take us through your backstory. Yeah. Breland is your last name. It is correct. That is true. Okay. Talk mm-hmm. to us about why you decided to use Breland. Breland is a name that my family was given through slavery. And it's been a tough road for the Brelands over the past couple hundred years. And literally until now, there really hasn't been a debt-free Breland, a Breland that wasn't in poverty or in jail or in any number of positions that were systemically induced. And so I think for me to be able to do what I'm doing musically and kind of give a new energy to the name and and a new perspective on it. Um, I just felt like it would be cool to to honor my ancestors in that way, and it definitely has made the family proud. Yeah. Grew up in Jersey. Yes. Singing in church. Yeah. What was the music like? What was, you know, playing in your house? What were you gravitating toward growing up? Yeah. My parents are really cold vocally, just like I would be hard-pressed to find a married couple that's as clean as them vocally. Together, the tone, the way their tones fit. You're going to have to send us a clip. No, I'm, I'm going to have to send you a clip because <laughs> they're— going to get they're, them on a track. Yeah, they're—I mean, honestly, like, there's—yeah, they're, they're very gifted and definitely was a, a very high standard in my house growing up because they're really good. My older sister, Gigi, is also a great singer, and I was— struggling to find the fourth part they'd be like come on get in get in and I'm like you know it's like double dutch when you're trying to just like 
that's how I felt trying to catch the harmony a lot of times. That was kind of like the weak link for a minute. But they definitely helped help cultivate my ear. And I think just having gospel music is is so soulful. And I would say it's probably the closest connected to the source of a lot of modern music mm-hmm. in that way. Like, I feel like Negro spirituals are the source of like blues, country, rock, when you kind of go back far enough, even a lot of jazz music in America is rooted in that. And gospel is only one step removed. And a lot of these other genres have evolved out over time. So it's kind of like when you see like a like a crocodile and you're like, that's a real dinosaur. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's how I feel about gospel music. It's like, it's that crocodiles are a real dinosaur. Yeah. You see it and you're like, okay, I yeah. get it now. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. So then at what point did you decide Music is the career path I'm taking. I was probably about, maybe in my mind earlier than this, but I would say definitively around 14. Mm. I went to a boarding school for high school, so I left home and was living on a campus, which was really cool because growing up with both an older sibling and my mom was a teacher at my elementary school. She was a vice principal, so everybody knew Mrs. Breland, and I just feel like I had to do my own thing. Yeah, so when I when I went to my high school, shout out Petty School in New Jersey, get it? yeah, that's right, we out here. Um, but when I went to high school, I just started telling people that I was an artist, because I'm like, why not, you know? And then eventually people were like, okay, well, where's your music? And I was like, hmm, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think this all the I way hadn't through. I thought it all the way through. <laughs> so I was like, I probably should make some music. And my roommate in high school, we were making a lot of music together. He was very musical, you know, very musical guy. And we started coming up with stuff. I made a YouTube channel that no longer exists, so don't even try it. Oh, man. Uh, you knew we were going. I know, you were like, about to. I'm like, don't. Nah, but I, I made a YouTube channel when I was... 15 and just started doing covers of songs with like original rap verses was doing a lot of that on YouTube and was performing on campus and kind of just stepped into artist mode and then when I went to college I realized okay well I need to get serious about music as a career how can I get paid because this artist thing hasn't paid me anything yet and I got connected to some people who were like hey we're pitching songs to different people and if Justin Bieber picks your song up you can make some real money and I'm like okay word you know that that'll be dope and I took me probably about 2500 songs before anyone cut anything and I just was in it I was in it I was skipping class don't I don't recommend skipping class unless you know you're gonna make it then skip class <laughs> you have to really know. You have to be willing to bet on yourself. So, yeah, I was definitely like intro to microeconomics or psychology. I wasn't going to any of those classes. I was writing songs. Your dad is on the phone right now. I know. You have like, to pay all that money for you to go to Georgetown what? for you to do that. Yeah, no, my, my transcript reflects the <laughs> level of dedication that I didn't have so he knew. for that. No, he they knew. knew. Okay, they yeah. knew. They knew. Because I was good at school for a long time. And what really what it is is I'm someone that can direct a lot of attention and focus toward whatever motivates me. Mm -hmm. And for a while, school was the motivator, but then I realized I really wanted to do music, and I knew that the only way I was going to be able to be successful at music is if I put in those 10,000 hours, and I was like, okay, well, that's that's the focus. Everything else is going to come second to that for me. So your breakthrough song... Yeah. It's called My Truck. Yeah. That's probably the first time most of us heard your music. Scuff these horns, you can say you hate me, you can call me crazy, but don't touch my truck. Tell us about that song. Yeah, that song, uh, I was in the studio 
all day waiting on this artist to come to the studio and she just kept hitting me and being like, sorry, I'm running like an hour late. I'm running an hour late, hour late. And then eventually it was 10 p.m. And I was like, girl, I've been here for 10 hours waiting for you to come to the to the studio and you, you never showed. So I was just kind of like bummed out and I was like, I'm out of here. And my friends were like, come on, man. Like, you can't leave the studio on that note. Like, you got to make something. And I was like, all right, like, let's make something. But if I make something, I want it to be totally different. You know, we were in it. We were just in a space where we were thinking outside the box. I was like, I want to make a song that has like some country flavor to it. And they were like, man, you can't make nothing with country flavor. I was like, what you talking about? Like, give me 90 minutes. And so we just sat down and and literally got creative. My, one of my boys had a beat that kind of was in that space, which ended up being the track to my truck. And the song came together really quickly. And when we were done, I was just like, there's something to this. I might just put this out and see what happens. And I literally sent an email the night that we wrote it. And I, I sent it, sent the email to, to the guys that I wrote it with. I'm like, worst case scenario, we just like this song. Best case scenario, everybody likes this song, you know, or a lot of people like it. And for that reason, I just put it out independently and the rest is history. <laughs> it went certified platinum and crossed over yeah. Billboard 100, Sam yeah. Hunt sang on that, 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 <laughs> that happened. I like that which it's is, just which like, is, it's just that one. That's why you should never leave the studio until you know you've got nothing left in the tank. So tell us about your sound. Yeah. Cross country. Yeah. Cross country to me is an amalgamation of all the genres of music that I love. And in that way is not a genre of music at all. It's just music. You know, I'm trying to create music without borders. And so there obviously is a country element to it that I think is really important and pivotal to the sound and the, the audience that I'm trying to reach primarily. But I also think that country music is such a segmented genre and that there are a lot of people that feel like they can't listen to country music or that country music doesn't include them or that country music isn't marketed to them or whatever their thing is. There are a lot of barriers, but I'm like, there's some incredible music in here that people need to feel like they can be a part of. And similarly, I think we need to have more bridges that mm. extend outside of country music into other genres. Because if you look at pop, hip hop, R&B right now, they've been playing with each other for years and country music has been kind of the, the one that's isolated. So I'm like, I want to make music that solves that problem, you know, and I want to be a unifier between cultures to be able to have music that has a diverse audience of people from all different backgrounds and different music interests. You know, me being a black person in country speaks to that, but also the actual sonics of what I'm doing, I think, do that even more. I just want to stand up and clap right I now. <laughs> Silence after every question. Oh. Like, so good. Yeah. You've been named Amazon Music's next breakthrough artist. Talk about it. Okay. Woo. You've been named <laughs> Amazon Music's next breakthrough Woo! artist. Sort yes. of like a stamp of approval <laughs> saying not only do we see what you're doing, that we believe in what you're doing, that yeah. we want to help support it. We want to get behind you in any way possible. Yeah. Well, thank you. And it's an honor to be Amazon's breakthrough artist. I mean, I mean I'm a big fan of Amazon. My music streams really well on Amazon. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been a fan. You know, I've been on Prime for some years. I was on Prime even when I was broke. You know what I mean? I was like, I was like, I may not eat a meal on Thursday, but I will pay for Prime. You My know, stuff right. will be here in two days. <laughs> it will you got be that here right. quickly. I'm watching That's all right. those shows. Yeah, Man in the High Castle. I'm heavy. So I just need you to know that I've been on it and to to be recognized by a company that I already rock with. She can't breathe. No, but you know what I mean. What just Man in the High Castle? Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, I've, you know, I rock with yeah. Amazon as as a you know as a company and and as a streaming platform so to to have that that stamp of approval from them 
yeah, it means a lot. And we should mention, this is a pretty elite group. Yeah. Because the last country artist named Breakthrough was Gabby Barrett. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was well before she had a record deal. Wow. So it's all worked out pretty well for her. Amazon's yeah. ears are to the street. Yeah. For sure. They know yes. what's going on. Right. And you have a song right now on our Country Heat playlist with Dirk Bentley. We've heard yeah. Dirk's version of how he connected with you. He yeah. randomly saw an article on you in the local paper. <laughs> yeah. So we want to hear your side of the story. Like, what did yeah. he just call you? Did he text you? Yeah. He slide um, in your DMs? How I got, did this I got a text. Uh, I got a long text that said, hey, man, this is Dirk Bentley, country singer. I, <laughs> he did no, I still have it. I bet you I still have it. I bet you I still have it. Wait. You're about to be like, there's no way that this really happened. This Dirk is Bentley. really how the text went. Hi, country singer. This is Dirk Wait, Bentley, watch this. Comma. Country singer. Boom. Hey dude, Dirk's Bentley. Country singer and big fan of yours, man. Boom, boom, boom. He goes on. I'm like, dude, I already know who you are. <laughs> And you don't have to do that. But he invited me over to the studio because he had this song with Hardy. And he was like, I think you could add something to it. And so I was like, awesome. And so I showed up, I think it was literally that night. And he played me the song. I was like, oh, this is a jam. And I was just like, I feel like I need to do my own thing on it, though, you know, Mm -hmm. because they wanted me to do... I think the bridge, they had they had a piece of the song that was already there. And I was like, first off, I need my publishing. Second off, <laughs> so I'm not just going to sing y'all words. I'm going to make my own. Um, but no, I just, he gave me the, the freedom to do that. And I was like, cool. Um, and just started getting creative. I just had them loop the track. And about probably 12 minutes later, um, I had my verse. I like my drinks, like my roof on the house. We turning up, got double cups, the sun's going down. With loggers, I'm a boxer, yeah, I need about 12 rounds. And he didn't know half of what I was saying, but he was he loved it. And <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's really funny about that song is, you know, I've, I've worked with a lot of different people, and, and a lot of songs don't really see the light of day. So, you know, I try not to get excited about a song until right. it's already out, because mm-hmm. I've gotten real close with songs. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a smash, and then it never happens, and then it just sits on my computer talking to you, Tyga. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you need to drop over and over. But anyway, uh, you know, you just you don't know what's going to happen with the song. And so I definitely didn't know that it was going to be a single or be the name of his tour. Uh, you know, and so to have a song at country radio in a very risk free way, you know, where I'm like, I get to let them kind of steer the ship. And he already has relationships where music can get played at a higher level, you know, that that exposure is massive. And then to be on the road with him this summer, playing a bunch of shows mm-hmm. as a completely new performer. Mm-hmm. You know, my fourth show ever was in front of 10,000 people at an amphitheater with Dirk. So, you know, the first performance that I ever had. And that's counting the CMT awards, <laughs> you know? And, that, yeah. and technically that was only 500 people in Bridgetown. So it was a really big jump, but he, he definitely opened a lot of doors. What was it like playing to his crowd? Yeah. How I were mean, you received? I feel like I was received pretty well, given the the difference in sound. Because I think with that lineup of of Dirks and it was Riley Green and Parker McCullum was on that tour as well. You know, it's kind of like a certain type of country music that I don't really fall into, with the exception of maybe a couple songs of mine. But I also think that people, regardless of what type of music you typically listen to, respond to energy. So mm. I figured out very quickly that doesn't really matter whether they know any of my music or whether they even like any of my music, I want them to leave there liking Breland, the artist, and Breland, the person, and the rest of it will shake itself out. So very true. Yeah. So I have to go back for a second because you said that you walk out on stage, 10,000 people. First of all, 
where did you find, where did you anchor yourself? Because I can't imagine like the butterflies and the nervous and the yeah. energy and all the things that are happening all at one time. Yeah. So how did you center before you hit that stage? And then what was that moment like for you? Yeah, I was definitely a wreck <laughs> before that show. Uh, I've historically, not recently, let me just preface that, <laughs> not recently, but historically in my life, I have peed my pants on stage. <laughs> And that is something that has happened to me more than once, okay? There's no shame. When I was seven years old, I was singing, uh, and it was like the mayor of my town, might have even been the governor of New Jersey, um, but it was like some like statewide talent show. And I sang My Country Tis of Thee, Sweet land of I'm gonna pee. <laughs> like, oh. I literally was on that stage and like really? just made performance. Just made performance, just feeding myself. And it, it happened to me again a couple other times uh, over a few years. And then that kind of got me off performing. I was like, I don't like it. I'd had a lot of bad performances. And so when I came back around to playing, when I came around to playing shows as an artist, I'm like, all right, I got to figure something out because the stage fright is not going to be the reason why I don't achieve my goals. Yeah. Honestly, I give a lot of credit to, to Mickey Guyton because... Right before our performance at the CMT Awards, she, I was like, I know that she knows what's going on. And she was just like, hey, you're supposed to be here. Ugh. And that was it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not going to argue with you on that. Stamp you know? of approval. Yeah. I, and I think, you know, having having Dirk's support and and knowing that even just through sound check and, and stuff like that, he was really supportive of what I was doing and believed that I was supposed to be on that lineup. And we created more dates for me to be able to do. For before that first show, I was just like, you know what? This is his crowd. He's here. He believes that I can do this. And that meant a lot. So just kind of keeping that in mind every time I go on stage. And also, like, what's the worst thing that could happen? I'm like, I peed my pants before. Like, <laughs> that's, that's, like what's the worst thing that could really happen to me right now? Like, it's all it takes some of the pressure off. Up from here. Never yeah. again. It can't get that bad. We love you so much. Yeah. So really, much. really do. Please come hang with us again. Please. Oh, I'm going to be here. We yeah. love it. Breland, everybody. Country Thank Weekly. you so much. Thank you. We've got an all-new edition of Family Tree in this episode. Now, this is where we talk to the family members of the country stars, the people who really know them the best. And no one knows Chris Young as well as his mom, Becky. She raised Chris and his sister, Dot, as a single mom, sacrificing so many things along the way. Now, you and I have both known Becky for a while. She co-owns a business management company just down the street on Music Row, where she handles the balance sheets for a bunch of musical acts, including Chris, Kane Brown, Frankie Ballard, and CeCe Winans, just to name a few. She's also a cookbook author, and she's a killer ballroom dancer. Welcome, Becky, to <laughs> Country Heat Weekly. Thank uh, you for being here. What a week. Congratulations on ACM nominations for your son. Thank you. Lucky number seven has a new meaning now. Lucky that's number right. seven. So that's Chris's logo that he wears on his hat all the time. Everybody's like, what does that mean? L-N-V-I-I stands for lucky number seven. Seven's always been his lucky number. And that's how many nominations he has for the ACMs. Very excited. So when did you first recognize that Chris had something special and had this talent? So Chris could sing as a kid, but he's really, really smart. And I thought it was a phase because girls love singers. So in high school, <laughs> like that was a thing, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> and I thought he would grow out of it because I always thought Chris would turn out to be like, a doctor who discovered the cure for cancer or, I mean, he's always been smart, mm -hmm. but every mom is like that. Like every mom 
It's like, oh, my kid is special. My kid is the best. They're special. Fast forward, he moved to Texas, and I didn't see him for three months. I mean, Chris has sung from the time he could walk. I just didn't pay any attention to it, really. But I walked in Cowboys in Arlington, and there were 3,000 people in that room. And when he started singing, you could hear a pin drop. And I'm like, oh, this is a real thing? I think he's going to do this. Yeah. How old was he when that happened? 19. So they did not know he was 19 until he ended up on Nashville Star and they told how old he was. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much that happens before we land there. There's so many things that happened along the way and so many sacrifices that you particularly had to make. And I know as a mom of two and you were a single mom at the time, he even talks about all the things that you did and things that you gave up to make sure that he had a chance to make it. Well, it didn't just apply to him. It was him and his sister. Right. Whatever they wanted to do that was an extracurricular activity, I made sure it happened. I sewed on the side. I typed papers on the side. I worked doing accounting at a church. That's how I learned to do accounting. And I always had a day job. Like I, But if, I, if something had to be given up, it was something of mine, not something of theirs. My kids didn't ask for me to be divorced and sing, a single parent. So I didn't want them to feel any of that. That was important to me. You really started stretching your money, learning how to cook, learning how to make meals. And fast forward, now you have a cookbook out. I, what was it you were working on? What was the dollar amount that you were working on every so week? So I had $30 a week to spend on groceries. Yeah. And I made it last. And my kids never knew. But when I started to date my husband, Chris was nine. And by the way, they legally adopted him as their father about five years ago on Father's Day. Oh. So Chris invited Michael to the house to eat roast. And Michael ate all the roast. Well, the roast made hash and stew and other things the rest of the week. And I'm sitting there. He's getting closer and closer to the end of that pot of roast. And I'm thinking, I don't I don't know what we're eating the rest of the week. Like, I really literally don't know what we're eating the rest of the week. And he said he realized when he took the last bite, he looked up and caught an expression. He goes, hey, I could come over tomorrow night and bring pizza. Yeah. Good call. Big, big brownie point. Yeah. <laughs> so I know Chris's younger days, like you weren't, you know, hyper fixated on him doing music. When you first started to understand, like he is moving to Texas, he is kind of doing this. Was there any part of you that was kind of like, this is maybe not the best path for him because he was so smart and you had I wanted you know, him thoughts. to graduate. I mm-hmm. wanted him to graduate from college first. I'm still fussing at Chris about going back to college. Of everybody in my family that should have graduated from college, I was really mad at him because he was going to take a semester off and go to Texas. <laughs> that semester has lasted 15 and a half years. <laughs> but now he's got seven ACM nominations. <laughs> and no college degree. <laughs> So explain to to people who are listening who don't understand business management. Can you give an elevator speech on what business management entails? Okay, so when somebody comes in to interview me, what, what do you do? I said, if it touches your money, it's my job. I take care of their finances. And some people look at you and go, oh, you're an accountant. Yep, I'm an accountant and a tax person and a banker, your insurance person. Like, I do all of those things on their behalf. And have talked through all kinds of things, buying cars, buying houses, buying engagement rings, having babies, like all the things with all of the clients. Do they always listen to you, I guess is the question, because they're calling with, they're calling obviously to get your blessing. If you say no, do they always listen to you? So they don't always, but if they don't listen to me and it's something important, 
they don't, I don't, I'll let them go. I, I won't keep them. Like if it's an important thing and we have a conversation about it more than once, I won't keep them. But I will tell you that all of my clients came to me last year and they're like, you're always running around going, the sky's falling, the sky's falling, the sky's falling. Well, the sky fell last year and they were all fine. I mean, that's a testament. So let's talk about Kane. Are you the one that told him to sell that gigantic truck he had? No, I didn't want him to sell that truck. That was the first thing that he bought. Okay. And he had wanted that truck for years. And so I hated to see him get rid of it. He wasn't driving it. It was sitting. And that's that's the bad part. So every time he would go out to take it somewhere. But believe it or not, if anybody saw that truck, this 60-year-old woman climbed into the back seat of that truck to drive to Chattanooga with him to buy another vehicle at one point. <laughs> and he and his friend Bama were like, let us help you. And I'm like, no, y'all go stand over there where you cannot see me get in this truck because it didn't have a running board on it. And I had to take a running jump and do a forward body roll to get into the back seat. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm picturing this, by the way. <laughs> okay, this is going to be kind of tough, I'm sure, but maybe not. Do you have a favorite Chris Young song? I love Getting You Home. I'll always love that song. But he did a song with a full orchestra called She's Got This Thing About Her. She's got this thing about her Like the magic in your favorite song You just can't put your finger on I love that song. That song, to me, if you really are in love with somebody, like it can be interchangeable, he, she, whatever. It's just, it sparks an emotion that some of the stuff doesn't. He's got some songs that he hasn't cut yet that he's written for this next record. It's my earworm. Like, it's the thing that I listen to over and over. Okay, so the last question that we have to ask you. As a mom, and as someone who has had, like we said, a front row seat to this crazy ride, what's your proudest moment this far? Other than him joining the Opry, like that that was a big deal for my whole family. But the things that make me proudest are when he gives back, because not everybody does that. Mm-hmm. He's a special one. He did a good job. <laughs> good job, Mama. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. I, I think he's a pretty good kid. And that does it for this episode. We have to give some shout outs to some social media love we got in this week. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Hey, it's Amber A. And I'm the Kelly Sutton. Make sure you're using the hashtag Country Heat Weekly. Our friend Darlene always does. She is so good at promoting all of our events. So thank you, Darlene. And I got an awesome message from Jordan who said that he listens in Calgary, Canada. He suggested some artists for our Rediscover segment, including Mary Chapin Carpenter and Lou Harris. Thanks, Jordan. Stay warm up there north of the border. And we will definitely be featuring Emmy Lou on one of our Rediscover segments. So thanks for the suggestion. Next week on the podcast, we are featuring another one of our artists to watch. Willie Jones will be coming by. Plus, we'll catch up on all the news coming out of Nashville because we're right in the middle of all of it. We wrap each episode with a burning question. This week's fact-finding mission, how do you take your coffee? Brett Eldridge doesn't. I don't drink coffee. I cut two years ago because it was a, made me anxious. Lauren Elena, Walker Hayes, and Lily Rose, however, keep it simple. Black. 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 Hot. Jimmy Allen is very particular. I take my coffee with a little bit of coffee, extra cream, extra sugar. But Shay Mooney is not. Mine's just in the morning time. I don't even have a specific... If it's like, if it's hot, I'll, I'll drink it. 
Country Heat Weekly is a collaborative production between Amazon Music and Nevermind Media. Executive producer is Melissa Locker. Senior producer is Joyce Reiser. Recording engineer, Aaron Dethridge. Sound design by Tim Einenkel. Production assistance from Annie Reuter and Debbie Daughtry. Our theme song, Country Time, was written and performed by Mia Byrne. Additional music from Madeline McCormack. The Amazon Music team includes Nathan Brackett, Emily Cullen, Chris Graham, Michelle Kammerer, Eliza Mills, Morgan Jones, and Raymond Roker. Development consultant, Michelle Dix. Additional production support from Marley, Steve, Grace, Winnie, Moses, Wicket, Abby, Jake, and all the other very good dogs out there. Be sure to find and follow Country Heat Weekly on Amazon Music or wherever you listen to podcasts so you get the latest episodes just as soon as they drop. In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven, a geoengineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Reyes Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.